Hello and welcome to episode six of the Wire and Electronics podcast, where we're connecting you with the solution. I'm your host, Jalen Barnes. A lot has been going on since our last podcast, so here's an update. This podcast has been catching on like wildfire. We've been gaining subscribers and getting a lot of attention from different manufacturers and rep firms that are interested in making appearances on the podcast. We also launched our monthly giveaway, which was a hit. Last month, we gave away a free Brother PTE 300 labeler as provided by Jamie Brookover of Brother Mobile Solutions. Congratulations to Kent Phillips of Founders Inn for winning the prize. Thank you for listening, Kent, and thank you, Brother Mobile Solutions, for sponsoring the prize. As you know, Norfolk Wire and Electronics is the sponsor of this podcast, and it's where I work as a sales representative. And there's been a lot of new and exciting things happening in all of our locations. We recently picked up the Caddy line of products from Invent. Caddy is the manufacturer of top-of-the-line cable support systems, and anybody who's anybody is using Caddy. At the time you're listening to this, we already had a Caddy demo day in Norfolk Wire, Virginia Beach. It was a great success, and you can visit wireelectronics.com to see highlights from that demo day and an interview with John Maynard of Caddy. It was a great success, and you can visit wireandelectronics.com to see the highlights from that demo day. That leads me to something else I want to touch on. Wireandelectronics.com is my new blog where I not only post about this podcast, but offer exclusive updates about new and exciting products available to you from Norfolk Wire. I also have exclusive interviews and FAQs with manufacturers that I guarantee to teach you something new. Please check out the website and give me your feedback. Now, on to this month's discussion and giveaway. Today's discussion is on data centers. It's an exciting topic because today's guest is very knowledgeable about the current state of data center technology and has some insight into where this technology is going in the near future. So listen in because you're going to learn a lot and stick around until the end of the podcast to learn how you can enter to win a free product related to this discussion. So let's get into it. Today's guest is Jason Hamilton, Regional Sales Manager of Sigmax. How are you, Jason? Very good, Jalen. Very good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I'm glad to have you on. We're going to learn something today. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Jason Hamilton. I'm the Director of Business Development for Data Centers at Sigmax. Uh, prior to joining the Sigdamax family, I was in the a similar role with Hellerman Titan overseeing the RapidNet data center product line. And prior to that, I was with data center systems uh, for fiber optics in the sand fabrics. Uh, going on a little bit over 15 years now, um, solely dedicated to the data center. All right. So we got the right guy on. So uh, tell me a little bit about Sigdamax. Well, Sigmax, we have a little bit of a unique story as we're an American um, manufacturer of passive and active connectivity components. So we can provide the passive cable and infrastructure as well as the active components uh, for the physical link. You recently were in the uh, office of Norfolk Wire Virginia Beach and you were doing kind of a product overview. And some of the things you're talking about that Sigmax does is actually very interesting. That's why I was very excited to have you on because you're sort of I don't know if it's the right word, but reinventing how to look at approaching data centers from this uh, IT side of things. So um, to, to just get us an overview here, let's define a working definition of data center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my view, you know, throughout the years, I've seen telephone closets that people have called data centers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I typically try to define a data center as a minimum of 50,000 square feet uh, and a centralized distribution of compute resources, obviously powering an application of some kind. Uh, typically within that data center, you're going to have the common technologies of compute, uh, storage, and networking uh, in order to make the application run. 
um, but also out of that 50,000 K square foot, uh, typically we need to apply what we would call a five to one model. Mm -hmm. uh, so that means for each tile space that we have, we have five tile spaces um, dedicated to the facilities, uh, UPS, power, backup, office space, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so if we're talking to 50,000 square foot uh, data center, then we're really only talking about 10,000 square feet of actual space for yeah. the technology. Let's talk about where we started in this industry with data centers, where we are, and where you think we're going to be going. Absolutely. So if we go back to the uh, early times and, and really the, the beginning of the internet when it became commercialized, mm -hmm. uh, moving away from the DOD ARPNET, uh, the internet started to grow at a pretty rapid pace there in the, the late 80s. Uh, and as we entered into the 90s, we started to use data in a little bit of a different way than we had before, because now we were using the internet to communicate, we were using the internet to uh, advertise we're using the internet uh, between different offices so all of a sudden there is a need that started to grow out of this uh, new technology um, to be able to centralize uh, all of those resources into one place not just from a security aspect uh, but also just from a uh, maintaining an operations aspect as well if you will uh, so as that continued to grow we saw a lot of people uh, start to centralize their operations and as dark fiber started to be laid out across the United States um, We were able to see a growth in the data centers uh, initially. I think the Lack of dark fiber did keep did keep the growth a little slow uh, there for the early 90s, but as that started to catch up and the uh, transportation highway so to speak was laid down then all of a sudden uh, organizations fortune you know, 500 companies were looking to provide centralized services applications uh, across the WAN. Um, dark fiber, you're referring to fiber that's inactive, right? It's not being used. Yes. So, you know, when we talk about dark fiber, uh, usually a company will, will run, they get an order, say, for, you know, X amount bandwidth or a thousand strands of fiber. They'll usually run two to three thousand strands of fiber mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to lay down for the future so they can turn it up at any second. Gotcha. Uh, and the, the fiber sat there for, for quite a while, um, you know, at least five years before it was still really starting to be bought. Um, when we first started off the conversation in the early days in the data center, we were talking in milliseconds. Uh, now today, here today, we're, we're talking in nanoseconds. Everything's got to be extremely fast now. It's got to be instant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I think that's more prevalent in just one simple fact that when we look at the evolution of fiber optic standards, it took us almost 20 years to get to a 10 gigabyte standard. Yeah. It's taken us less than five to get to 400 gigabytes. So how does the data center help with this? How, how does the data center begin to solve these problems? Well, the data center does it in, in quite a few different ways. Um, first, it helps centralize operations. Mm -hmm. uh, and with today's fiber optic technology and being able to drive data across a link, and like we said, in the matter of nanoseconds, mm -hmm. it gives a centralized distribution platform uh, and it allows for an organization to push these services either across a WAN or across a public network. If you've got someone whose job it is to manage a data center, what are some of the problems and issues that they're dealing with and how does Signamax come in and make this better or easier for the guys working on this stuff? 
Uh, the number one challenge in any data center is, is going to be latency. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's whether we're talking about latency from the outside plant and the incoming connectivity uh, and just mere distance, or that also applies if we're talking about application latency. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, within the systems and in between the systems. And that's where Signamax comes in, and we offer our low-loss fiber optic connectivity mm -hmm. solutions to be able to help them maintain the performance of a 40 or 100 gigabyte Ethernet standard or even a 16 or 32 gigabyte fiber channel standard, depending on uh, what application they're using, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, given them that low loss fiber with low connector loss, we also use a bend and sensitive fiber to reduce or eliminate absorption loss. And that helps them maintain the performance of that link uh, in between the systems and allows the network to have the necessary bandwidth to push that either network traffic for the LAN or, or move that workload for the SAN across that physical link. So we, we are at a, at a better place, I think, today uh, than a lot of the other manufacturers. If you think about the evolution of fiber optics, pretty much everything just kind of evolved out of a, a MDF or an IDF. And then we took that enclosure and tried to mm -hmm. kind of hammer it into the data center yeah. and, said, and say, here, uh, this is your, your, you know, your fiber optic footprint and here's your port densities. Um, and that's so true in the fact today when we look at the uh, fiber port densities that we're seeing with these enclosures uh, that you have 144, mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't replicate any type of active technology in today's data center. Exactly. Um, so Sigmax, we've a little bit more fortunate to where we're focusing on what we would like to think of a more purpose-built solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, as we're creating these today and we're not trying to force fit previous footprints, uh, we're drilling down to specific port densities, to specific uh, replication of specific active gear and active technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of those is within our dual fabric passive panel uh, that we house 192 LC fibers. Uh, and the box itself replicates the, six, the Cisco 5K Nexus platform as well as Juniper and some of the Aristos cloud. Uh, so we have, you know, ultra low loss fiber optic connectivity between uh, the passive panels. And then we have a enclosure that replicates uh, a fabric A and a fabric B for the diversified pathways mm -hmm. uh, that replicates the most common active uh, port density as well as the most one of the industry leading uh, switch manufacturers uh, in the marketplace. Yeah. So it's very important to understand that, you know, this box is split. Uh, into 96 fibers on each side and that 96 fibers to replicate 48 port blades or 48 port switches uh, within the segment that breaks out to the access layer. So Signamax, have you run into any problems because of the fact you're doing this differently of compatibility with other manufacturers on other, depending on what, what's already installed or do you got, or has a solution been that you guys provide everything that you need so that you can kind of stay within the Sigamax family? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think there has been some pushback. Uh, it, there always is a little bit, I think, when you do things differently um, and you're not just releasing what I would call a me too product. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, there has been, you know, some question marks and some eyebrows raised along the way. Uh, but when we implement and install and, and show them the benefits of the technology from the, the replication of the passive layer from the low loss fiber, uh, low loss fiber optic connectors yeah. uh, and, and all of the other uh, benefits that we bring to the table from a, 
you know, a TAA compliant or a made in America manufacturer, mm -hmm. um, we have a very good story to tell. And then when we put these solutions head to head, uh, we either exceed mm -hmm. or we meet the same performance characteristics of our competition. What all is Sigmax offering product-wise? and the different layers uh, of we look at the data center here. We live typically um, in the OSI model. We're going to live within layers one through three. Uh -huh. um, we, off, we have three primary data, uh, products lines. Um, the mm -hmm. first one is the network solutions product line, mm -hmm. uh, which covers all of our PoE switches, uh, switches for the edge, mm -hmm. um, our layer two plus switch. Uh, that, that layer two plus switch does have some layer three routing protocols uh, that's available in it. Uh, then our second product line is the connectivity solutions, which covers all of our copper and fiber optic cabling, mm -hmm. as well as all of our passive connectivity. And then the data center product line is what we were just speaking to mm -hmm. that covers all of the more purpose-built solutions, uh, specific port densities, and low-loss fiber. So we do have quite a few things coming out here uh, over the next couple of months. One of them is we are... Uh, shifting away from our traditional LGX fiber optic footprint into a high-dense version. Mm -hmm. uh, holds 96 LC fibers in a 1U footprint or up to 1,152 uh, MTP to LC fibers in that same 1U footprint. Um, we're expanding out on our cabinet line. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're also obviously bringing out the dual fabric passive panel and some more purpose-built technologies for the data center. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to have a, a new uh, out-of-the-rack um, enclosure, which is a top of the rack uh, passive panel, and then we're going to have a zero U passive panel. Mm -hmm. And both of these products just are really geared for when you don't have any rack space left mm -hmm. in the cabinets and you still need to bring additional fiber connectivity or copper connectivity to that cabinet. Yeah, and we give probably. a solution that uh, actually applies to the top of the rack um, to a ladder rack or a cable tray. Mm -hmm. or the zero-U footprint um, actually applies to the vertical rails. So anything I'm missing here, anything that the, our audience really needs to know about, you want to make sure they walk away with? No, I would just say that, uh, you know, a lot of people have not heard of Signamax uh, in, the, in the passive connectivity realm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're more known as the media converter guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I would just really say for anybody that is listening, and if they're interested, to reach out and give us a call. Uh, that we would love to show you once again how uh, our performance characteristics typically will exceed uh, our competitors in the marketplace. But because we're not carrying the, some of the high overhead as some of our competitors, that we're allowed to give it to the marketplace or bring it to the marketplace at a fraction of the price. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. Share it with your staff, coworkers, and friends. Leave a comment below and give me your suggestions for future topics. In the description below, I have links to the products we discussed today. If you have any questions about these products, contact Jason or myself. Our contact information is below as well. Now, on to the giveaway. So, Jason, do you want to describe this month's free product that we're giving away? Absolutely. So, this is the, the top of the rack panel. Mm -hmm. uh, it has the ability to attach to either ladder rack or, or cable tray. Mm -hmm. It has 2U space. Uh, and that space can be used for either passive or active um, connectivity components. So you can put a passive panel or even a, a access active switch in there. Mm -hmm. And once again, it just gives you the ability to still deploy connectivity without taking a, any rack space up uh, within, the racks, within the rack itself or the cabinet. Um, one thing about it, it does have its own cable management. 
uh, and it does have waterfalls as well. So that way you have um, a, a very aesthetic looking installation still. You have a couple of options of how you can enter to win. First, you must subscribe to this podcast either on YouTube, SoundCloud, or you can follow the Wire and Electronics podcast LinkedIn page. We have a LinkedIn page as well. So YouTube, SoundCloud, or the LinkedIn page. Subscribe or follow one of those three. Just pick one. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're already on one of those three pages right now. You're either on YouTube, you're either on SoundCloud, or you're either on LinkedIn. So subscribe or follow right now. Now, if you've already subscribed in the past or follow on these pages, then you can just skip this step. Step two is the one that everyone needs to do. Simply email me at jalen.barnes.norfolkwire.com to let me know that you subscribe to one of the pages. And that's it. If you already subscribed previously, you skip step one. Just go ahead and shoot me an email. Uh, if you've never subscribed before, do step one. Subscribe to one of the pages. Just shoot me an email so I know you did it and you'll be entered to win. It's that simple. See the description below for the rules written out that I just stated, and you'll get my email address as well so you can get started. The winner will be announced on the LinkedIn page in about a week, and you'll be contacted directly by Jason to set up delivery of your prize. So hurry up and enter for your chance to win. Finally, I would love for you to check out the new website and blog dedicated to the podcast called wireandelectronics.com, where I post exclusive weekly content that can be found on that website. Thank you for your support, and I'll close out today's podcast with an inspirational quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Believe you can, and you're halfway there. Thank you so much for listening. Give me your feedback, be blessed, and I'll be back next month to connect you to the solutions.